2: Hi, listeners of the Asian Madness Podcast. Let's get right to it. This episode you're about to listen to is not going to sound like me. Like, at all. That's because it's not by me. For this Friday the 13th, I've partnered up with our friends over at Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast. They're a very well-produced podcast focusing on doing a revived take on the most heinous crimes committed across Asia and they're very creepily immersive. We've done an episode swap, as in they play one of mine, and I will play one of theirs. It's a good way for others to find out about new podcasts, so hopefully you'll enjoy this little extra episode we've brought to you. My new episode will drop this weekend, so don't miss me too much. So for now, sit back and check out part one of A Sky Full of Cash.
3: In 1999, a cabin crew member just submitted her receipt and claim for her allowances. The receipt would leave her hands and touch her supervisors before it would be documented digitally onto their system. Her supervisor began typing away. Let's see. Receipt number, allowances... Her OUB bank account number… By the way, OUB stands for Overseas Union Bank. It was eventually integrated to United Overseas Bank, the UOB that we know today. The supervisor pressed enter, which would begin a clockwork of orders within SIA and OUB. The cabin crew member would have received her allowances. The supervisor's superior would have received a computer-generated report containing all the allowances claimed, and OUB's SIA account would have received payment instructions to transfer money into the receiving bank account number. But what all three parties didn't know was that they were embroiled in the largest commercial fraud at that time, and it would have spanned for 13 years. You're listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by One Up Media. I'm your host, Yo Guangjin. The amount stolen and mechanism of how this would work would remain a mystery to us for a while. But what we did know was that this lasted from Feb 1987. January 2000 and involved Singapore Airlines or SIA. SIA during that time was different from the behemoth that we know today. Back then, the airline was planting the seeds for its phenomenal rise, developing a world-renowned brand and service culture to complement its fleet of cutting-edge commercial airplanes. These efforts would have made SIA Skytrax Airline of the Year for four of the last 20 years as well as growing its revenue to staggering record highs of $16 SGD in 2019. However, these impressive accomplishments did not come without any blemishes. In 1980, Singapore Airlines Pilot Association motivated SIA pilots to go on strike. It was only quelled when Lee Kuan Yew himself met the pilots and threw them an ultimatum. I can tell you that when I met the SIA pilots, I didn't meet them on TV, I met them face-to-face, so I gave them a choice. Continue this, and I will, by every means at my disposal, teach you and
2: get the people of Singapore help me teach you a lesson you won't forget.
3: Many more incidents happened. Some minor, some major. Like the 1991 hijacking of Flight 117. But in 2000, one incident would have set the bar for white-collar crime at that time. And one that was caused not by a group of pilots nor a crew of terrorists, but by a single individual. Mr. Tio Cheng Kiep. The hotel receptionist was waiting. Once a month, Mr Teo would arrive at their five-star hotel and splurge. She had gotten the hotel concierge ready to carry Mr Teo's bags and to help him book anything he would want in Kuala Lumpur. The valet was waiting outside and the hotel receptionist instructed him to park the Mercedes-Benz CLK320 at the hotel, ready for Mr Teo to take it out for a spin. That man must be an entrepreneur, the valet might be thinking. He remembered Mr Tio walking in and asking where he could buy that very Mercedes just a couple of weeks ago. I wonder, what business is he running? A couple of minutes later, a car turned into the hotel and Mr Tio came out. Your Mercedes-Benz CLK320 is ready, sir. You can use it whenever you want, the valet said. Would you like me to get your bags? Yeah, Mr Teo probably replied. He walked into the hotel and immediately the receptionist rushed over. Mr Teo, always a pleasure to see you, he gestured a wave before asking. So tell me, Where can I get a Mercedes-Benz S320? Wow, he wants to buy another Mercedes? He most definitely is an entrepreneur, the valet following close by was thinking. As he carried his bags and followed Mr Teo to the lift, he couldn't help himself. Hey, um, Mr Teo, I've always aspired to have your lifestyle. Could I ask, what business are you running? Mr. Teo stared at him and smiled. You might want to work up in the sky. According to the records, in 1998, Mr. Teo Cheng Kiet would frequently travel to Kuala Lumpur and splurge on many posh hotels. He would pay a combined total of 2.34 million RM or about 750,000 SGD for an apartment a Mercedes-Benz CLK320 and a deposit for a Mercedes-Benz S320. But what was intriguing was how he could afford his lavish lifestyle. For while Mr Teo alluded to his valet to be a high-ranking executive or business owner, the reality was that he worked in the Singapore Airlines Administration Services Department. From Glassdoor Submissions, we know that the department has a variety of jobs within SIA, from assistants, secretaries to officers and managers, at the upper end of the pay scale. Even if adjusted for inflation today, it looks to be about $6,000 a month to afford what he just did in Malaysia. He would have to work minimally about 10 years without spending on anything else. But according to the records he wasn't at the upper end of the pay scale. In fact, he was working as a supervisor in the Cabin Crew Division Administration Services Department, drawing a monthly salary of just $3,000. So what was he really doing in SIE? As we leave the gate, please make sure
2: that your seatbelt is fastened.
3: SIA today has an incredibly robust corporate governance structure with 13 principles that affect the entire organisation daily. Principle 10 is the establishment of an independent audit committee or the AC. The directors who sit inside the AC would be independent directors from SIA and have full access and cooperation of the management team. The committee is well-funded and have the powers to invite even executive officers, to attend its meetings as and when is needed. Within their scope includes everything about financial reporting and everything outside it, including internal auditing. The internal audits division team would perform independent and random reviews during the year to validate the results of control measures in place. However, While measures such as these look good on paper, its implementation and execution can sometimes vary in practice, owing to the onerous volumes of transactions that must be checked during an audit, as well as intrusive disruptions to regular operations that such audits cause. As a result, what is reported is not always what is performed, and in lieu of extensive and burdensome checks and balances, you might instead choose to rely on trust. And Mr. Teo Cheng Kie was someone who his immediate supervisors placed a lot of trust in. For good reason. Everything about Mr. Teo seems reliable. He joined SIA in 1975 and would work hard for the next 12 to 13 years to become a supervisor in 1988. He had two sons that was doing well at that time, one being a SAF scholar studying overseas and another who was sitting for his GCEO levels. From his supervisor's perspective, Mr Teo would have been a hardworking man in SIA and a great father. Throughout his years in service, he seemed diligent, knowledgeable and efficient in his job, which was why we were equally puzzled when Mr Teo decided to break the trust that he had. That was until we read one report which explained everything. Mr Teo sat down on his desk and started reviewing the allowances process for meals and overnight claims. He was about to be promoted. I just can't wait. It's been a long time coming. Mr. Teo must be thinking. He heard it would happen around September 1988. But today was Feb 1987, so it was still about one and a half years' time. Thinking about this wouldn't help. Let me spend some time to prepare for my promotion as supervisor. Mr. Teo thought as he pulled out documentation to understand the allowance process for claims, on meal and overnight. Hmm, this looks funny, he thought. Something seems strange about the approval process. Is everyone supposed to check all these submissions? That honestly seemed impractical. He got up and headed straight to his managers. He had to report it. Hey, um, can we speak for a minute? Mr. Tio asked. The manager seemed busy, but he still acknowledged him. Okay, um, I noticed something about the process on allowances. Mr. Tio began sharing. A minute would have probably passed before his manager interrupted. Look, um, I get that. I see that you're motivated. But, Cheng let's leave this to the professionals, yeah? Professionals? Mr. Teo felt a familiar sense of frustration. His manager gave a sigh and said, These days, academic qualifications are important. If this is regarding your promotion, you know that we're working hard on it, right? Mr. Teo was feeling the years of frustration bubbling inside him. But he was still trying to keep a cool head. Just listen to the flaws in the payment system that I'm about to share, he said. Let's do that another time, chung Mr Teo left the office and started walking back to his desk. At his left and right, he could see his other co-workers walking around and noticed a younger person who was going to get promoted. This doesn't make any sense, Mr Teo thought professional why is he bringing up my university qualifications again his thoughts were starting to get wild spiralling down a dangerous path I know I'm better but why doesn't anyone care he saw another younger man walking by him who is a university graduate first you won't promote me because I don't have a university certificate and now you won't even listen to me you know what I'm done. I don't need the promotion. He was seated back at his chair. He looked at the allowance process one last time and smiled. I'm going to be better than everyone else. I'm going to be rich. In the next episode, you'll learn how Mr Teo fed an insatiable darkness in him that would last for 13 years and how he eventually got caught. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian True Crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by one Up Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, you can reach out to us via email at heinous at oneupmediapodcast.com or through our Instagram or TikTok page at heinous underscore one up media. This episode of Heinous was researched, produced and written by Yeo Jin, with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks as well to executive producers Danny cordy Berito from Mediacorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous.